0: 6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.
1: And of course, one of the big things that everyone is still talking about is the news that Twitter has reached an agreement to sell the company to one of the world's richest men. Tesla CEO and multi-billionaire Elon Musk has bought the social media site for $44 billion. Now, All of this comes following comments from Musk in mid-April about his desire to buy Twitter, make it a private company, and then overhaul its moderation policies, among a few other things. And, And we know that Musk has claimed, and we've heard this a lot over the past 24 hours, that, quote, Twitter has become kind of the de facto town square. So it's really important that people have both the reality and the perception that they are able to speak freely within the bounds of law. But our first guest today suggests that there is concern that all of this could actually restrict rather than promote free speech. Dr. Jagris Hodgson is an associate professor and Tier 2 Canada Research Chair in Digital Communication for the Public Interest at Royal Roads University. Dr. Hodgson, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. You're not alone uh, with these concerns. Been hearing a lot about this this concern about what could happen with um, less moderation on this social media site.
0: Yeah, so that's a really great question and something we don't always think about. But uh, my research team has been researching for years on um, the kind of Uh, experience that people have, particularly women and marginalized individuals, like LGBT people, racialized individuals, when they get on these sites, they're much more likely to be harassed and if twitter doesn't moderate or prevent uh, people from saying uh, harassing or abusive things to others online it can have really profound consequences it can have consequences that uh cause people to want to cease working it can cause people to have uh you know mental and psychological breakdowns or emotional trauma and um you know it just makes twitter not a very pleasant place to be uh, if moderation is not applied (laughs) Well,
1: let's be real. Twitter can be a bit of a cesspool to start with. Yeah, Yeah, right? I mean,
0: you and me, we are both on Twitter. We both know it very well. Yes. Yes, indeed. And and that's part of the problem. Twitter has stepped up in the last, uh, you know, few years to sort of, you know, increase judiciously the kind of moderation they have to try and protect people. And they've come a long way. And obviously it's not a perfect system, but but they're doing this because, you know, they've heard very real concerns from people about, you know, what, what online harassment is like.
1: And Dr. Hudson, I want to get into a couple of bit more of the details of uh, what you talked about off the off the top there. Now, as you said, you've studied this. What can you tell us about who is being harassed and <laughs> and what exactly is happening to them?
0: Yeah, so I mean, there's a few different reasons why people get harassed online, and it's often a silencing tool used by trolls. And even sometimes people working for uh, countries like Russia, uh, it's used to silence people when when they don't like what people are saying. So Mm -hmm. people will get harassed uh, for speaking out about a specific topic. Like you see a lot of people who speak out against COVID misinformation getting harassed Mm -hmm. right now. But you also see people who just because they're a woman and they dare to have an opinion online or just because they're black or you know an indigenous person and they dare to have an opinion online, they're getting disproportionately targeted as well. So sometimes it's what you say and often it's just who you are that gets you targeted for harassment.
1: And so, what has your research shown about the support that people get from platforms, from social media platforms? We'll talk about because we're talking about Twitter, but Twitter specifically, when they report harassment, it seems to me not a lot gets done.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and that's what our research (laughs) did find. In fact, that people will report to Twitter, and um, yeah, and they'll also report to local law enforcement, and they don't feel like often the support they receive from either the platform or from local law enforcement is sufficient. Now again, I want to give Twitter some credit. They've really tried mm-hmm. to do a lot more in the last couple of years. Um, but you know, it it, it can be really tough and, and people often find that when they don't get the kind of support they need, then they just stop posting altogether. So all of this comment about building you know, a stronger online public sphere, well if people stop posting altogether, it's not going to be stronger. We're going to be weaker because because we're going to lose those voices. <laughs>
1: Exactly. And I mean, that that's the whole point of, of uh, the the article that you wrote that caught my attention was like, yeah, you know, if, if, if people are, are worried that uh, it's not going to be moderated as well or at all, whatever that is, and they're going to back away because they're not going to put up with the BS anymore. Let's be real. And we're yeah. seeing, you know, we're so, seeing some people and, and, and teach their own, right? I mean, that's their decision. But if they're leaving because of harassment, that's a different story. If you're leaving because you just don't want to be on Twitter anymore, that's one. Thing, but if you're leaving because you're being targeted, because you are being uh, getting threats, you are get, whatever it is, that's a whole different ball of wax.
0: Oh, absolutely. And this is why I'm very nervous about his proposal to abandon all moderation, right? Because I, I think that you need a little bit of moderation to have a functioning community. If you want the public sphere that he says he wants so much, then you actually need to have a just right version of moderation, right? Not too much, not too little. <laughs> And, yeah, and what does that look like then? What
1: would just that, you know, not too much, not too little, just, you know, the just right, what would that look like in in, in your eyes?
0: Oh, it's so hard to do that at scale, right? Um, yeah. So nobody's cracked that nut yet. And that's why I say, you know, Twitter's taken some, some good steps forward, but, you know, it's still not enough. Um, but I think, you know, the bare minimum is to find ways for when people report harassment to support them, to help them out, to to address any abusive behavior that's going on from one person to another. And that may mean that you can't do it all algorithmically. So, you know, right now the algorithms, you know, do a lot of heavy lifting there and it's just not something that can be automated at scale. So thinking of creative ways, you know, um, you read it, for example, as community moderators, but they're like human beings. Thinking of creative ways to insert, you know, human judgment into this is probably part of the equation. But I think that we still need innovation there because nobody's figured out a, a perfect system.
1: We know that that Canada is preparing to reintroduce a bill aimed at reducing hate speech on on, uh, online platforms. The European Union has already warned us that Twitter has to obey all sorts of local content rules. We know that uh, countries, especially in Europe, have taken a stronger stance when it comes to um, what is happening on online platforms. Do you think that that could... um have an impact on on what this may look like moving forward or what elon musk plans to do with this
0: oh for certain it will have an impact Uh, and i think legislation is part of the answer but i also think we need to be careful there too right because i think there's Mm. some very real and valid and complex concerns around free speech once the government starts telling you right what you can and cannot say That said, we already have harassment laws and libel laws on the books that we should be able to use. So where I think yeah. legislation could play a really big role is maybe breaking up some of these companies so you don't have one guy like Elon Musk mm-hmm. buying up a whole platform, and then he's the one who's sort of responsible for the speech that happens on that platform, right? That's profoundly anti-democratic. You know, instead, but, you know, maybe it, having multiple platforms might be a better way to go.
1: But you know, when you look at it, uh, Dr. Hudson, you take a look at you know some you know the some of the the, the most rich uh, the most richest, my goodness, uh, the, the, <laughs> the the richest men, the richest men in the, in the world and what they own when it comes to you know Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Washington Post, all of these different things. It's happening all around. I, I find it fascinating to see uh, to watch why people are s- responding. So, um... Overwhelmingly to to Elon Musk and Twitter, why do you think that is?
0: Ha, it, you, you hit the nail on the head. Yes, I. You know what? I, I I'm going to want go to speak to two things. So I think the reason why you know people are responding so much to this is because it is Elon Musk. You know he's kind of like yeah. real life Iron Man, right? And so it's very exciting. <laughs> um, but uh, but the other issue is yeah, I think you you have hit the nail on the head. We do not have a functioning public sphere if all these millionaires can just buy up all of these venues for communication. So really, where legislation I think would matter is not in some kind of censorship of speech idea but in like breaking up of these companies and and maybe asking the question should we allow billionaires to own that much stake in key media whether it's social media whether it's things like the Washington Post like yes absolutely we have to have those conversations because that's the important conversation for a functioning public sphere.
1: Dr. Jagers Hodson joining me this afternoon. A couple more questions before I let you go. I was curious to know, is there a difference in the uh, harassment that women get compared to men?
0: Oh, absolutely. That's a great question. So, you know, it's not like men don't get harassed. They absolutely do, and we shouldn't minimize that. But the harassment women receive is often very sexual in nature, you know, things like rape threats, and then also very graphic descriptions of, of you know, how they might be targeted for violence. And that is not okay. That is profoundly psychologically damaging. And again, I don't, I don't want to minimize what men go through because they get a lot of bad stuff, too. But, yeah, yeah, uh, the harassment of women and also people of color receive uh, seems to have a different flavor to it. Like, it's uniquely gross, <laughs> but, you know, for lack yeah. of a better term.
1: So, you know what, you're on Twitter. Um, have you thought about leaving? Are you going to stay on there?
0: <laughs> you know, I, I think I will stay for now and, and sort of see what happens you know, for Certain populations, like you know, it seems like for journalists, uh, for academics, uh, and even for some politicians, Twitter seems to be a really great organizing tool, and as long as it stays that way, I will stay a part of it. But, you know, if my community starts to leave and and go somewhere else, then then it will have less value to me. Or, you know, if if I am, you know, for speaking out against this Musk Musk deal, if I'm suddenly subjected to, you know, gross types of online harassment, then, yeah, I I might leave for those reasons, too. So, you know, I think that what happens, you know, we'll, we'll see whether anything changes. But if things do change, people might decide to move on.
1: Yeah, you know what, I'll be um, interested in, in uh, dialing you up in about six months from now and having this conversation again and seeing and we can explore how things have changed and and what it looks like to see if anything has changed at all. want to thank you for making time for us this afternoon. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you for having me and I'll be really excited to come back and continue this conversation
1: all right six months from now make a date uh, of it right there okay <laughs> dr jaygris hodson joining me again associate professor and tier two canada research chair in digital communications for the public uh, for the public interest at royal roads university uh yeah it's an interesting conversation and you know some people are just you know i know that some people are leaving already some people are saying hey let's see what happens and and that's it i mean you don't have to be there it's your decision to leave right? You can leave at any time. Uh, But there are some things that, you know, I think that there are some red flags there that need to be looked at and looked at closely.